Today's episode of the Rewatchables on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by Sling TV. Millions of people have cut the cord and started slinging because slinging is about freedom. There's no long-term contract. You can customize your channel lineup and even change it from one month to the next. Catch the latest shows, live sports, and hit movies, including today's rewatchable Fast Five. Starting at just 25 bucks a month, open up your relationship with TV. Start slinging. Go to sling.com slash rewatchables. They have a special offer just for our listeners. 14 days free when you enter the promo code RINGER. That's sling.com slash rewatchables. Promo code RINGER. Offer available to new customers only. Availability may vary by location. Other restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by theringer.com, the world's greatest website, where if you're listening to this, it is Sunday night. March Madness is heading to the final four. Baseball has kicked off. WrestleMania is coming up. The NBA playoffs are close. Giannis versus Harden, the MVP. Who is it? I have no idea. I still haven't made my pick yet. We're going to be talking about all this stuff on the website all week, uh, as well as One Shining Podcast um, down the home stretch of March Madness. You can listen to that. You can listen to all of our awesome podcasts, including um, Dave Chang has been on fire lately. Go listen to the Dave Chang Show. Subscribe to that one. The Ringer NBA Show has you covered every which way. And, uh, of course, my podcast. I just hit 500 and had Bill Hader on as well as a very special guest who had never come on. Not only the first 500 pods at The Ringer, but also um, all the podcasts that it has been. My mom, she always refused to come on. I finally got her to come on. And you'll understand why everybody was nervous about it when you listen to it. So there you go. Coming up, we are going to do Fast Five with Shea Serrano. Here we go. How's it feel to be on the other side of a wanted poster? Fast Five coming up right now. The men we're after are professional runners. Don't ever let them get in the car. We just jumped to the top of the wanted list. We got to keep running. Running ain't freedom. You're going down, Toretto. Big mistake. All right, Shea Serrano is here. He's actually on the phone. We know this movie so well. We know each other so well. We weren't worried about not doing this in person. We could do this anywhere. We could do this dangling from a helicopter. It doesn't matter. This is the greatest movie, I think, of all time. Is it the greatest movie of all time, Shea Serrano? <laughs> Every time I watch it, that's what I come out of it feeling, is that this is definitely the greatest movie I've ever seen. I just wouldn't change a thing. I really wouldn't. It's, it's just a tour de force from beginning to the middle to the end. It's perfect. The Rocks edition is perfect. Everything about it is, uh, it's aged perfectly. I loved it when I saw it. I like it every time it's on. I jump into different scenes. It's really everything I've ever wanted from an action movie. So let's start here. Um, one of Hollywood's greatest reinvention movies ever, right? So explain to America where Fast, where the Fast franchise was from one through four, and then what happened in this movie? Okay, so one through four, uh, the fa- the first Fast and the Furious movie, we're going to build this all out. That's the skeleton for everything that came after it. Too Fast, Too Furious, that's part two. 
which is a great title, of course. <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious. That introduces the idea of Brian teaming up with somebody else to defeat somebody that he can't defeat by himself. Yep. Tokyo Drift, part three. That makes the game international. Fast and the, Fur- the uh, excuse me, Fast and the Furious brings Dom back because Dom wasn't in two or three. Yeah. But it brings Dom back and it takes all three of those ideas and it turns the volume up on everything. And then Fast Five comes and it's like the crystallization of every great part of those first four movies is what Fast Five serves as. It's like the catalyst for for six and then for seven. Fast Five is the one where they just made everything possible after that. There was nothing you couldn't do after Fast Five. It's the one where they knocked out the roof of the house and just said, "What if there's no roof? What what if yes. what if we take this premise and?" And we remove all the limitations of it because because really the exactly. first four the first four are car movies. That ultimately the DNA mm-hmm. of the movie is all four of them are it's people racing, it's street racing culture, and and variations of things off that theme. But the cars are always the center of it. This is a Fast Five is a heist movie, and they they blow up not only the locations but just the parameters of what we thought the series was. And, you know, sometimes that could be a dangerous thing to just say, all right, we're reinventing this. We're making this way bigger and we're kind of changing what you thought this was. But in this case, it was brilliant. And it was kind of by design because when Vin Diesel came back, they basically saw this as a trilogy, four, five, and six. They knew they were going to make three movies and they knew it needed to be bigger than, than, racing and just cars and all the stuff we loved about fast one, which we did a rewatchables about, by the way. But I I think that it succeeded like it did and it worked as well as it did is, is just really hard to pull off. This, this probably shouldn't have worked. Like I would say even 60% as well as it did. What's the biggest surprise for you when you rewatch this movie that like, just how did that work? The biggest surprise is that it turned this into a legitimate movie franchise. When yeah. you got to 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 part four, it was like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. We might need to pull the plug on this. Yeah. It was still fun. It was great to see Dom back. We had that. That's where we got the, the Dom versus Brian fight when Dom calls the last number that Letty called because he thinks that she's dead and it calls Brian's phone. And he fucking flips out. Yeah. Like we had some big, some big important moments in there, but it didn't feel like it was going to do anything new. Didn't feel like there was going to be something we hadn't seen before. And then you get to fast five and it just becomes this global, like it's a global heist movie with the introduction of the rock who is so important to the franchise. We needed, we needed that character in there. It just all feels incredible when you watch it. It's a legitimate good movie. There's like no joke here. It's not like a ha ha, yeah. like a roadhouse type of situation. This is a fucking good movie to watch. It's a really good movie that also manages to keep a couple things that I love about the franchise in general, namely the unintentional comedy. It's still, mm-hmm. we'll get to a couple of the scenes later, but it never forgets who it is. It never forgets that at some point in the movie, I'm going to need an out of nowhere Vin Diesel monologue, and I'm gonna need it. <laughs> and I'm gonna need a scene where, where he's staring off in the distance, and then slow motion turning to the person who's talking to him seven times in the course of two minutes. Like it still, it keeps its DNA in a lot of ways, and it has The Rock, who I don't think has ever been bigger in a movie. 
I, I'm just talking like gigantic. physically. It looks like it looks like he worked out for eight hours a day for the Vin Diesel fight, and was just like, "Hey, in this in this movie, you're gonna you're gonna fight Vin Diesel at some point." It's like, really? And at that point, just started eating like 30 raw eggs a day <laughs> and taking all the creatine he could find. And he's just asleep in some, on some machine that is still moving his biceps. So he's getting uh, electromagnetic, whatever waves getting thrown through his muscles. Um, he's just massive. He, and this was really, I like The Rock. I thought The Rock was a movie star. I always felt like The Rock was a movie star, even dating back to WWE days. This was the movie where it was kind of like, it unleashed the rock decade, you know, where it was like, oh yeah, oh, the rock's like one of the biggest stars we have. It didn't really fully feel like that until this movie. You agree? Yeah, I would agree with you there because this felt to me like they nailed exactly who the rock should be in movies. Yeah. This was a, this was a character going forward. It was a little, a little sketchy before then we kept like, we would get close to it when you had something like a, like a. Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it. Was it Walking Tall? Well, yeah. When he plays the when he plays the show. Like we kept getting close to what he should be or could be in the movies, and then yeah. this one showed up, and it was like, okay, he is a mythic figure who just beats up everybody, and he doesn't care about anything except the mission at hand. Like that's great. We don't need Rock. We don't need the Rock acting. We don't need the Rock giving a monologue about his deceased daughter, like right. in San Andreas. We don't need that. We need The Rock to be big and to fight, and that's all. So his movies, like if you just look at the five years before this, Gridiron Gang, 2006. Um, that's good. Th- yeah, I did enjoy Gridiron Gang, but he's at that point still going for the, I'm crossing over, I'm a football coach. You know, it was like mm-hmm. his version of Dangerous Minds, basically. Uh, he does the game plan, he does... <laughs> He does Get Smart. He does Race to Witch Mountain. He's still kind of in that. He's doing kids' movies still. He does Tooth Fairy in 2010. Uh, he's in The Other Guys. And then he did Faster, which is a movie I liked. I didn't love it. I don't I don't think it was, you know, really the kind of movies he should have been doing was like Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. Like that just should have been the, every type of script he was looking at should have been a script like that. But he does Fast Five. And all of us kind of go, oh, oh, this is this is what this yeah. is what he is. And then from that point on, his it, it becomes the rock decade. What's funny is when you see him, when you watch the other guys, he plays partner cop with Samuel L. Jackson, and they're like the super cool cops, and they they say bad words and they crash their car into buildings, and it's like a joke that he's playing that character. Yeah, and then they just do that very seriously in Fast Five the next year. And yeah, <laughs> right. just like you said, when you when you watch it, he has a line where he says, "Give me the vegetables." That's a line that that The Rock says in this movie, <laughs> and it sounds like the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life every single time. So this movie, obviously. You, me, and Adam Carolla, I think, like these type of movies the most out of all human beings. I would put us at least in the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I don't know who the fourth person is. And I actually saw Fast Five with Adam Carolla. But, you know, we want we want great action scenes. If it's like the perfect action movie, we want five or six great scenes. Um, we want a believable premise. We want some unintentional comedy. And we need at least one or two testosterone heroes because that's what we grew up with. You, your favorite... Your favorite action movie of all time is Predator, right? Or it's like one of the top three? That's up there for me. I don't think it's my favorite, but it's definitely it's up there. It's at the top, but that's like a classic testosterone movie that we grew up with. The 80s were right. 
First Blood and Predator and Running Man, all all these. This movie feels like whatever this generation's, whatever's happening, it feels like there's some lineage with the 80s movies that we loved because everything crests in the absolutely incredible fight scene with The Rock and and Dom, which we're going to break down, Um, which the movie's leading to it. I remember being in the theater. I was like, are they going to give us this? They, they're circling around it. Is this going to happen? And then mm-hmm. it happens. And it's two minutes long. And it it, it is just uh, just delightful. D, could you have thrown in one more car race in this movie? Would you have one more? I don't, I, I don't want to see any other car races. They got every okay. single part of this movie right. There's no, like you mentioned earlier, there's not one piece of this movie you can change. I, I'm with you there. There's not. I don't know where you slide in another car race that makes it feel better. I would have, I would watch it. I would watch a twelve-hour Fast Five cut, yeah, and then and the remaining ten hours, the extra ten hours, could it all be car races? Sure, but I don't think we need it. Well, and then we we didn't mention Justin Lin directed this, who did uh, at least one of the earlier ones. What did he? He did the Tokyo Drift, right? And then I um, think so. I can't remember. He did Tokyo Drift. I can't remember if he did Fast Four. Um, this movie has a certain style to it and almost a recklessness with the action scenes that it establishes pretty early with that train scene where when that train scene happens and that's pretty early in the movie and you're just like, man, you're just like, Oh, okay. So everything's on the table for this movie. Um, I, I think it's interesting. We've talked, we've circled around this topic. I don't remember if we talked about it when we did the fast one pod, but this is the time, this is the movie Fast Five was when I think we all looked at each other and realized that this franchise was going to be in our life for 20 to 30 years. And maybe Mm -hmm. even more than that, if they figure out, um, you know, some sort of succession plan with Dom and that maybe Dom's son becomes the lead and they find the right actor for that. But I think this was the movie when I realized this was the James Bond of my generation. What do you think of that analogy? I think... I think that's probably fair. I, I I definitely like this more than the James Bond franchise. But if you're just talking about longevity and like this is just going to be a part of your life for a good little while, yeah, for sure. I had not prior to this watching, I had not considered like how important this was uh, along the lineage of action movies. Like yeah. you mentioned the 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 Rock and the Dom fight. Like that's important for a couple of reasons. But I think maybe the biggest one is that there was a definite period where we went, okay, in the 80s, we're just going to, you're just going to fucking be as big as you can. Yeah. Just be a big muscle man and, and, and fight a bunch of green berets. And then we like streamlined everything and everybody got sort of smaller and skinnier. And then we got like that period of dark action movies where they tried to be kind of serious. And then somebody was like, hey, let's fucking bring the big guys back. That was fun. Yeah. And then we've got them like it became like a big thing, man. I I fucking love this movie so much. Well, and they also the technology got better. There there's just no mm-hmm. way they could have done the 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 incredible 20 minute safe scene, which we'll get to later. Uh I just don't think that scene is happening in 1986. I don't I just don't think they had the equipment, the know-how, <laughs> any of that stuff. There's they just they just would have been blowing stuff up. But I I think this was the movie where I realized that there was a chance. I probably saw this. I was like my early forties when I saw this, that there's a chance these movies would be happening for the rest of my life. Like if you told me, Mm -hmm. if you told me they're going to release 30 fast and furious movies over the next, 
you know, over the course of 50 years. I, I might actually believe that because I, I don't know if, I don't know if this idea ever peters out. What would you, if I, if I gave you the over under of 14 fast, furious movies in our lifetime, would you go over or under? Oh, you have, you absolutely have to go over. This franchise has already made over $4 billion. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) It's not. There's no way. There's no way they don't keep making it. We got the, the Shobbs and Haw spinoff. We have the, uh, the like all female version that's coming that, yeah, that, uh, Vin mentioned like it's just going to keep spider webbing out. This is this is like a car version of the Marvel universe. We're, they're going to keep coming, and they should. So, Universal did some research. Universal intended the series to eventually evolve from street racing to heist films with car chases. They were looking at like the Italian Job. They're looking at the French Connection. And they had always targeted Fast Five as being the transitional movie once they decided to do the trilogy. They knew they were going to do Fast Four. Fast Five was going to be the transition movie. And then it was going to start getting wackier and wackier. And the Universal <laughs> the universal chairman at the time, Adam Fogelson, said, can we take it out of being a pure car culture movie and into being a true action franchise in the spirit of those great heist films made 10 to 15 years ago? Adam, mission accomplished. You did it. Congratulations. (laughs) Thumbs up. Uh, Really well done. So this movie was released in April 2011. $125 million budget. It made $625 million. It was the seventh highest grossing film of 2011. 77% of Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert, three out of four stars. Good for him. Richard Corliss of Time considered it, and I quote, Maybe the first great film of the post-human era. I don't even know what that means, but I like it. First okay. great film of the post-human era. So there you go. Any other uh, any other big picture comments you want to make before we go to the categories? Because we got a lot to hit here. I think we should go straight to the categories. I will say I was surprised that you didn't start with the uh, the Brian and Dom. We need two precision drivers. I thought we were going to do that line. I thought we were going to act it out. I had been practicing. Maybe we can get to it later. Oh, let's get to it later. Let's let's hold it. I'm okay. re- I'm ready for it as well. Uh, all right, let's get to the uh, <laughs> let's get to the categories. All right, it's time for the nominees for most rewatchable scene presented by Sling TV. If you need to refresh your memory on the nominated scenes from Fast Five, which we'll get to in a second, or prep for next week's rewatchable Major League. Wow, that's gonna be a good one. Look no further than Sling TV. Sling has them both in their deep library of new and classic movies, current shows, and of course live sports. Watching your TV, phone, or tablet whenever or wherever. They've broken the TV model, the traditional one anyway. Uh, they've broken the bundle. You can customize your channel lineup from one month to the next. Watch what you want, when you want, where you want. You know, I know Sling TV is the future. Even nephew Kyle knows how to use it. They've also created a special ribbon for us in the Sling TV app with a bunch of the movies we've discussed on the rewatchables and the corresponding episodes of this podcast. You can finally give movies like Pretty Women, Midnight Run, a whole bunch of them, the love they so richly deserve. The MLB, it's back. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, just around the corner. Don't miss out on that. There's a better way to watch TV. It's with Sling. Sign up at sling.com slash rewatchables. They have a special offer just for our listeners. 14 days free when you enter promo code ringer. Sling.com slash rewatchables. Promo code ringer. Offer available to new customers only. Availability may vary by location. Other restrictions apply. Now for the nominees. 
I mean, picking a most rewatchable scene from this movie. I don't, I don't know how we do it. Um, let's start here. The, the opener. The gang frees Dom from the prison bus. This is just a great scene. Um, I have some questions for you. you. Okay. The problem is, usually when we do the rewatchables, we have nitpicks and probably unanswerable questions that we do later in the movie. It's impossible to wait on those when we're also talking about these scenes because it, there are unanswerable questions just inherently in the scenes and nitpicks. So we just, we're going to have to like <laughs> jump the gun on this. Here's my question for you as an action movie okay. aficionado like myself. Anytime right. they're transporting prisoners in an action movie, it's always on some highway that has no other cars on it. And there's mm-hmm. never any police protection at all. It's always just this bus going down some long highway with no signs <laughs> of life for 20 miles. Why do we do it this way? And where are they going? Where, how far is this prison away from wherever Dom was was uh, where whatever the charges were laid. Why why is he on some bus in the middle of nowhere? Do you, do you have any explanation for this? There's never an explanation for why they do it this way, but I love that they do it this way every time. I feel I, I feel like the guy who r- drives the bus has to be asking these same questions, <laughs> right? Is it, you're putting me on you're putting me on the bus with forty felons with forty murderers, and yeah. it's just me and a guy and a guy with one gun. This this is again it's not gonna work out so great, guys. Like, what's going on here? And yeah, we get that that long stretch of highway where there's just nothing out there. It's like they tell them just just drive to like the most dangerous part you can for like forty five minutes and then come back. And then if anything happens, nobody will know for hours. Um, <laughs> I, I, I uh, if I'm the prisoner on one of those buses and I see the long highway with nobody on it, I'm starting to feel like we might actually get out of this. I was like, oh, this is great. I, all I see is highway. <laughs> I don't see any other cars. <laughs> we might get out of this. One of the little things that they do in those scenes that I love every single time is the bus crashes. The prisoners are our escape. Um, we flash forward to like the cops are there and somebody always says, oh, they're all accounted for except for one. Yep. And you know that last one is going to be a motherfucker to catch. Like they did it in Halloween with Michael Myers. Like Michael Myers got out, Vin Diesel got out. Right. Good fucking luck catching those guys. They're all accounted for except for one. The other thing, and I remember <laughs> in the theater, people laughing. I, I actually remember this. They have the TV reporter reporting live from the bus crash. We just saw the bus going 60 miles an hour, flipping, I don't know, 85 times. And all, all these people, and it's like just a bus and there's just all these people crammed in and she, she makes a point of saying there are no fatalities. Like really, no fatalities? Yeah, they, <laughs> Not one they person? Don't have seat belts on, they don't have seatbelts on buses. These Somebody's guys are, going through a window. These guys are in handcuffs. They can't even put their hands up to brace themselves from a fall. You, you throw in like two fatalities. Um all right, so that was one rewatchable scene. The next one, the train heist. Oh, we, we should mm. mention with the prison bus thing. So the movie starts, Brian O'Connor, in in four, he hadn't really crossed over yet, right? It still, there seemed like there was a chance that he still might be able to to be an agent, or I don't remember. I don't remember how four ended. Yeah, that's the that's the thing of four. He's still like kind of trying to catch Dom a little bit. Right. So he's in, not he's not bad yet. So in five, he's out. He's just decided I no longer want to uh, fight criminals. I want to help them. <laughs> I want to. I want to. Uh, I've gone yeah. from trying to put criminals in jail to trying to free forty convicts on a prison bus, and that switch just happens between 
four and five somehow. So he's uh, he's on the dark side, quote unquote, from that point on. Um, and because he's in love with Dom's sister, which once mm-hmm. again shows when you really love somebody, you'll do anything, including flip a prison bus. Were you okay with the whole plan of the car veering at the bus and then Paul Walker's car angling it the right way to tip the bus? You liked all, liked all the physics of that? Yeah, that's the, that's a that's a scene right there that shows how much how precisive. No, is that the word precise? I Let's like precisive too. How, all right, we'll, I, we'll go with precisive. That shows how precisive they are when they're driving those cars. Like that's a crazy plan. Yeah, they just say, "All right, Mia, just fucking go a hundred miles an hour straight at the bus. It's gonna turn." I'm going to catch the corner of it with the back of my car and yeah. it's going to cause the bus to fly. I don't know if that works. I don't know, but I loved watching it. Can I give you a, I have a, I have a controversial take here and I'm going to just throw this out here. Yeah. But I think you're going to be with me on this one. I'm kind of upset that they broke Dom out of prison. I would like a Dom in prison movie, not for his life, but give yeah. me like a year. It's, yeah, I mean, give me two years. Let me see what that looks like. It's a great call. We, you could argue if, if, if they had consulted us, the movie should have started with Dom in prison, getting in a huge fight with a whole bunch of inmates, and then them deciding they actually have to move him to a different prison for his own safety because he's declared war against the skinheads or something. And that, but at least go. we get See? the fight. Yeah. I'm in. I'm with you. Um, I love it. Next rewatchable scene the train heist. So there's a job. Got to get a job. Got to make some money. Um, and we should mention Vince, our friend Vince from Fast One, who we we actually felt like was underrated and got a raw deal. He's mm-hmm. positioned as kind of the semi-bad guy in, Va- in Fast One because he's Dom's friend, who's a complete dick to Paul Walker. But yet mm-hmm. it turns out he's totally justified because Paul Walker was an undercover FBI agent. Somehow he's somehow- 100% right. Um, so anyway, Vince is back. He's living in Brazil in the favelas. Um Paul Walker and Jordana Brewster show up. They they're they're on the run after they free Dom. They have a job. They've got to get these cars off a train. And uh and what ensues is one of the craziest four minute scenes of all time, leading to all the cars. First of all, I read in the research Justin Lin didn't want to use CGI for this movie, uh, or as limited as possible. So the cars jumping off the train and zooming off, that's actually real. Those are the real cars. They had stunt drivers doing that, which I was impressed by. But it all leads to uh, a fight scene on the train, FBI agents getting shot. Not not Dom's fault, of course, although it kind of is because they're doing this job with FBI agents on the train. And then Brian jumping onto Dom's car and then them driving off a mountain. And then would you say like a 300-foot drop? 350? That yeah. That's 350 easy. They they should have if we, if we pick nits, that they should have exploded when they hit the water. If you're up that high, hitting water is like hitting concrete at that point. And not to not to mention steep. the the car that they're landing on in in the water. I'm just, the car is a factor. I'm not the, sure okay, they don't so, hit the car. Okay, so a couple of things here. Number 1, we're, we're going through the most rewatchable scenes. Your first two picks are the first two scenes of the movie. That's how incredible this movie is. Yeah, yeah. You could do every, every chunk of the movie as a rewatchable scene. But when they're doing this train thing and they get to the part where Brian jumps off and he's on Dom's car 
and Dom just punches it off the cliff. And they do that sort of slow motion shot where the car sorts of sort of starts to fall away from Brian. Yeah. I remember like losing my breath in that moment. Like, oh, <gasps> like you do one of those situations and it, I, I couldn't believe it. And then you watch them and they fall and they splash in the water. And you're like, okay, these guys are invincible now. This is going to be fantastic. But what a fucking start. What a start. It's the it's the scene where where they're basically telling us from this point on the Fast and Furious series is going to get more and more ridiculous. So just come with us. Come on, don't take it personally. Um, these guys just survived a three hundred fifty foot drop. They're fine. They pop right out of the water. They're not winded. Nobody's like, ow, oh, my ribs, my foot. <laughs> they just come right out. They just landed perfectly. Just like carved right into the water. So that's great. And uh, it was DEA agents, by the way. It was DEA. I never DEA agents. That. Yeah, sorry about no. that. All right, so the third scene, we're not even close to being done. The uh, <laughs> most rewatchable, the favela chase scene. woo The rooftop scene, baby. Oh, my God, it's so good. And I, re- I read a little how they filmed this. It was really complicated to film. They had to film it in Puerto Rico, not in Brazil. And they had to have, you know, because the real people are living there, so they had to figure out all these different ways to shoot it and where to put the cameras and then have the cameras move. And that everything about that scene is amazing. Um, some highlights. That's where rock and Vin Diesel finally lock eyes on each other. Um, Mm -hmm. that's where Vin Diesel on the run runs into his, his, uh, the rocks partner. What's her name? Elena. Runs into Elena who's chasing him and they kind of, the people start shooting at them and they end up in some sort of like close body contact and Dom mm-hmm. locks eyes on her and that's it. She's just ready to leave everything. Cause that's the kind of power Dom has. You, you're, yes. you're trying to arrest him, but if he looks at you the right way, it's over. You just want to help him. You don't want to arrest him anymore. Every single person who has tried to arrest Dom has in one way or another fallen in love with him. Right. It happened with Brian. It, it happens with Elena. It happens with the, it even happens with the rock. Yeah. Who's supposed to be an, an impenetrable mountain. Right. He falls in love with him. He's at the end of this movie. He decides to help with the heist. He's just dumb. He just has special powers. Um, mm. That scene is really great. And I think what I like about it the most is just how unique it is because of the favelas. Like just, just the way they shot that. It's so cool. There's just never been a scene like that. I love when Paul Walker and, and Brewster fought, they do the jump and they fall through the, uh, yes, they fall through, through the, the house roof. and and the bad guys, everybody has guns. Nobody shoots in the house. They just were kind of so impressed by the jump. They just let it go. <laughs> and, and then somehow everyone, somehow everyone ends up together. Somehow they run into Dom at the end. It all, it all works out. It's great. Uh, so that's the third scene. Fourth one. A personal favorite. This might be my answer for favorite, most rewatchable scene. The uh, the balcony barbecue scene. Mm-hmm. After everybody finds out that Brian's girlfriend is going to have a baby. And the screenwriters and producers clearly said, hey, around the 45 minute mark, we're going to need a Vin Diesel monologue. So yes. just work that in. So they're hanging out in the balcony. Out of nowhere, <laughs> Paul Walker goes... <laughs> What do you remember about your father, Dob? Just out of nowhere. I, I I don't know any scenario. You and I could hang out for 10 straight years and I wouldn't ask you that question. I don't know what man would ask another man that question ever. What do you remember about um, your father, um, Dob? 
I, okay, first, I don't like that you're laughing when you're talking about this scene. I'm, al- I'm already mad about that. Second, the guy who asks this question is the guy who just found out that his wife, girlfriend, is going to have a baby and yeah. he's thinking about how he wasn't around, his dad wasn't around. Like, this, right. this is a great moment. This is, this is the one part where you and I lock horns every time. We had the same argument during the Fast and the oh, Furious rewatchables. I, this is my the favorite scene one. of the movie. I'm, I'm, I'm in with this scene. I just think it's ridiculous oh, oh. how it started. Okay, but you but you like this scene because you think it's so funny that Vin Diesel is having this serious moment. I think Vin Diesel is a phenomenal actor in these specific <laughs> moments. This is where we fight. He's fantastic. I, would, I want to talk to Dominic Toretto about being a father any day that he will allow me to because I think he's just going to have some really insightful things to say the 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 memories he has of his dad like yeah it feels like he's really talking he, he's probably talking about his real dad right there i have no idea it's so great it's so moving well the most important thing and the reason that i think the screenwriters really want to do this scene is the way vin diesel pronounces the word father <laughs> he <laughs> okay. says see there you go there you go making jokes again bill <laughs> he goes father and that, there's this one part <laughs> where he's like what do I remember about my father? I remember everything about my father. Everything. Like he, he almost like, it, it sounds like he's <laughs> drunk when he, when he says the word father for some reason. Um, it's just an incredible scene. I love watching Vin Diesel seriously act. Now, we might love them for slightly different, those scenes for slightly different reasons, but I, I think mm-hmm. we love them just the same. I love when he okay. gets, I love serious Vin Diesel. And I think one of the keys with this series is that they will always try to work those scenes in, whether they make any sense or not. This one actually did kind of make sense, I guess, because he did find out it was a father. I love it. What do I remember about my father? Uh, next scene. It, also more Vin Diesel. So the warehouse, it's all coming together. They invite the team to go do this big heist. They're going to rob this drug dealer. Everybody comes in. I have more questions about this later in the, in the pod. And then everybody's getting along. The team chemistry is really great. It's like the opposite of Mm -hmm. the 2019 Celtics. Everybody's just kind of vibing. People are making (laughs) fun of each other. And Vin's looking at the whole thing, like a proud dad. And then finally, um, they all gather around and he goes, toast. Which I like when somebody's about to give a toast and they just say toast and that's a sentence. <laughs> He's like, toast. <laughs> and then he goes, money will come and go. We know that. The most important thing in life will always be the people in this room right here, right now. Salute me, familia. And that's that's really when this franchise goes to another level and family become this is the this is the movie that cements the whole family thing the family of yeah. of Brian and Dom's sister are going to have a baby this extended crew of of wackos and people that would never come together they've come together as this family to rob this drug dealer and it's like fast five really realizing what it was at that point it's a family yeah we got we got pieces of it in the first one uh but there were a couple of things Dom does that makes you feel like maybe Maybe we haven't written this all the way out yet. Like, like when he has the great speech about I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. And that's the one time he says he doesn't care about the, uh, you know, I don't care about the bills and the mortgage or the gang and all their bullshit. Like, I only care about this. 
and, and then, but then we get the Jesse moment later on when Brian thinks that Dom is going to go kill everybody and he's actually going to try to rescue Jesse. And he's like, he's all I got, or I'm all he's got. <laughs> yeah. And we got the traces of it. But yeah, this was the moment. And when he delivered that, and every and it touches you, yeah. you really feel, and you're like, okay, this is this needs to be the center of every movie going forward. And then he does the salute me familia. What language is that? Is that Italian? Is it that's Spanish? Spanish? That's not Italian? Yeah. No, no, no. But Vin Diesel's not well, Spanish. He's not Spanish. No, Vin Diesel's though. Mexican. He's Vin, Mexican. Dominic Toretto's Mexican. Yeah, he's I mean, a, I don't know if that's true. I thought he in was my Italian. Head, Dominic Toretto's Mexican. I assumed he, he was Italian. Is, you're, you're probably telling the truth, but I'm going to lie. I Who knows? I mean, that's part of the appeal of this series. We have no idea what his uh, background is. So basically every ethnicity can claim Dom Toretto in this movie. Um, Absolutely. All right, next scene. We're, we're, we're going to hold this for later, but Dom fights Hobbes for most rewatchable. I have a lot of thoughts on this, but let's push them to later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, underrated, most rewatchable, The Ambush. Always forget how much I enjoy The Ambush, even though everybody on The Rock's Ooh. team dies. Basically, yeah, Ho- Hobbs loses every man he has, but that's a great scene. It's really exciting. Um, Tough and then, work trip for The Rock right there. It's it's bad. We, we, we're going to dive into him a little bit later too. Um, okay. The Bank Vault heist. And driving the bank vault through the streets of Brazil. Um, I'm just going to leave that there. And then finally the ending when they open the safe and they see how much money is in it. And then that song starts playing and it's just so, it's just the best. Um, Mm -hmm. In your opinion, what is the most rewatchable scene of this movie? I think, okay, uh, I have a question first. When you talk about the the Salumi Familia scene, are we including in that... Are we including the team get to get, get the team together montage? No, that's different. We can also that could be its own most rewatchable scene. Okay, I within the, my vote is going to be the let's get the team together. You montage. love those. You love when the team gets I lo- together. I love when the team gets together. I love a movie scene that I can pull it up on YouTube and watch it, and it's like under two minutes long, and I get all the pieces I need. And I just feel like a part of it real quick. I, I really love that. My my second pick though, if I if like we need a longer one, I gotta go with the I gotta go with the with the favela chase. It's really just it's really intense. It's really exciting. We get right there. That's the first time in the movie we get the sense. Okay, we've got Dom, Brian, everybody in the middle, and on one side we've got Agent Hobbs, and on the other side we've got Hernan Reyes and his team, and they're all trying to catch or kill this group of people because they're, they're running from everybody at this point. Yeah. That's really to me very, it's very exciting. And the part you mentioned when Elena and Dom are like in that little alleyway and it looks like they're trapped. And then agent Hobbs's team comes across the roof and just fucking mows down everybody. (laughs) And they all, and, and we had not, we had not seen that in a fast movie yet. We hadn't seen just flat out a bunch of murder. Yeah, it had never happened, and that part you go like, "Oh shit, the stakes are for real this time. These people might really die." That's how I felt watching. I was like, "Holy shit, this is this is unreal." That's gonna be, that's my vote. What are you What are you going with? I feel like you're not picking that one. It's tough because I think the best way to think about most rewatchable is you're flicking channels, and it's two minutes before the scene you know is about to come on. How excited you would be at that moment? So mm-hmm. I think I might be with you on the favela chase. Okay. If, if 
if they if if I'm flipping channels TNT and I see they're they're in Brazil and I know it's about to happen, I think I would be the most excited for that one because it's such a great four minutes. Um, Even more than the than the rock fight. I love the favela chase. I, the, <laughs> my other my other choice would be the um, would be the the bank the bank vault scene just because that was such an amazing scene. I remember being in the movie theater having no idea that was going to happen, and you had no clue, no and, clue. And it was one of the all time. How the hell are they doing that scenes? Where you really yeah. just were like, how are they doing this? Because it didn't seem like CGI. It really seemed like they were really just destroying all of Brazil with this bank vault. Uh, That's exactly true. Even watching it now, when I watched it the other day, I was like squinting, trying to see where the CGI is. And they do, they, they have like those quick shots of the car being pulled to the side by the, by the safe. And you're like, I think they're, I guys, I think they're really pulling this fucking vault behind the cars. It's on, it's unreal. When I was, when I was watching it, Bill, I was watching it with one of my kids and we were just sort of sitting there talking and he, he knows these movies already. We've gone to see him, but he was getting up to leave. And I said, Hey, they're about to do the rock fight. And he was going to go play Fortnite as he does yeah. you know, in the evening. I said, Hey, they're going to do the rock fight. And he didn't say any words. He just laid back down on the couch. And I was so <laughs> wow. fucking proud in that moment. I was so excited because he knew exactly what I was talking about. And he knew he was about to watch something special. <sighs> I don't think there's a right answer. I really, it almost seems like it depends what mood you're in that night. It would be like, if you want to see two guys fight, I would pick the rock Dom scene. If I wanted to see $20 million of Brazilian property get destroyed and a hundred casualties, I'd probably pick the bank vault. <laughs> it's really up to you. There's no, they, everybody wins. Uh, what's age the best? So for me, and feel free to throw in your own after I, re- I only have a, a couple cause we hit a lot of them, but the Rock is a free agent acquisition for Fast Five. We talked about it earlier, but Ooh, uh, for a what's age the best, this is like Durant to the Warriors, but like the happy, fun version of it, right? They're just adding yes. a superstar. Yes. All it does is make the movie better. There's there's no fallout. There's no like, uh, there's no, the team's going through a rough spot or he's fighting with Draymond Green. I mean, they did, him and Vin Diesel did get a little snippy with each other, I think on social ones, but um, but just just a benevolent, awesome free agent acquisition. So that'd be my first one. Um, second one, Vince's dramatic return, especially having watched the other movies so many times, him coming back, him getting his feelings hurt because Dom was bad about the whole, you didn't tell me about the chip, that the, one of the cars had a chip, and him slamming Dom's concept of family. It's it's tough. That's a tough scene where he's like, "How's your family now, Dom? Where's Liddy?" And it's just like it just oh, cuts that deep. Was, oh, oh, it hurts. It hurts. That was so bad. <laughs> Come that on, was Vince. So bad. I can't. I can't believe he said that. That really like that's a thing you don't say. And he said it. I couldn't believe it. He could have said any sort of terrible thing to Vin, but when he insults Vin's concept of family, that's the worst thing you can do to Vin, basically, other than insult maybe his car. Um, oh man. Gal Gadot for a what's age the best, who's not like one of the most famous actors we have. Um, she looks unbelievable in this movie. I, I wrote down in my notes the scene when she crashes the dealer's beach club hang or the uh the the bad guy 
when he's on the beach and she's in the bikini mm-hmm. with Han and she's like, I got mm-hmm. this and walks over in slow motion. I think that put an entire generation of 13 year olds through puberty. That scene. And does every year. Every year, a new okay. group of 13 year olds goes through puberty during that scene. Um, whoever thought of the idea that the bank vault would drag through the streets of Brazil and just destroy everything in its patch while uh, tied to two cars, the behind the scenes person who thought of that, that person, I would just be bragging about that all the time. Right? Yes. Yes. You'd be like, they, you'd be like hey, this my is my idea. friend Shea Serrano. He's one of the producers of Fast Five. You would just immediately interrupt and say, I thought of the bank vault scene. <laughs> you'd just, be, you'd just yeah. be telling random people, like, coffee places, restaurants, bars, you, that, you just, that would be your calling card. And then another What's Age the Best, I did this one just for you. Dom's explanation for what he wants with the team, with his team, because when they decide that we're going to need a team, which is always a staple of any action movie, is Dom, are the police coming to get Dom right now? What's I hear sirens in the background. Do you hear, do you hear yeah. that? I'm looking and I feel like- They're coming yeah, to get they, you. They, we got some fast and furious going on in action outside of my office. This is, this is perfect. If they arrest you, me and Fantasy and Jason Concepcion are going to free you out of the prison bus because it'll be on a long deserted highway and we're just going to flip it and get you out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Dom's explanation for what he wants with the team. Here's what he had. First off, a chameleon, someone who can blend in anywhere. A fast talker, someone who could bullshit their way out of anything. Surveillance, someone who can break through circuits. Guys to punch through walls. Utilities and weapons, someone who ain't afraid to throw down. And then two precision drivers, guys who don't crack under pressure. Guys who never lose. How do you, do you feel like, uh, where would you rank him on the, on the GM scale with what he wants from his team? Like Bob Myers, this is Daryl Morey. Yeah, this is, this is an A plus performance. He knew every single part of his plan and every single person he needed for, for that part. When I'm watching it, he makes the thing about, oh, with behind the, you know, we're going to need somebody to punch through those walls. Yeah, he was literally talking about we need somebody to open a wall, and and he he knew that like fucking days weeks ahead of time. It's a, it's a, it's an unreal performance by him. He knew exactly what he needed. He went out and got it. He's great. The, a great the Daryl Morey of of heists. Um, what anything else age <laughs> the best for you? No, you mentioned the ones that that uh, that I was going to say. So I think we're all good there. I mean, you could pick literally anything. Everything in this movie is it's cool. age the best. So fucking, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's all uh, great. What's age the worst? I love this movie, so it's really hard for me to even come up with anything. But uh, we talked about Dom and Brian surviving the 350-foot waterfall. Probably not that realistic. Did we Did we pick a, a winners for who? what age is the best? Did you pick one? Oh, I guess we didn't. Oh, for me, it's The, it's the Rock as a free agent acquisition. Oh, okay, I, okay. Um, just like just adding him to this franchise was so smart. You know, it, it really was the best version of Durant to the Warriors. But I like when, you know, TV shows will do this from time to time. And sometimes when they don't, usually the TV show dies. But like, you know, you take a show like Cheers, you know, one of the great sitcoms ever. And Cheers should have lasted five years, but then they got rid of Shelley Long. They brought in Kirstie Alley. They made Frazier a bigger character and they were able to extend it by twice as long as it should have mm-hmm. gone. The Rock extended the Fast franchise. I think... If it's just the same people over and over again, and then Paul Walker tragically dies during seven, 
Um, I don't think you could keep this going. I think they've done a nice job of bringing in A-list signature blood to keep, you know, kind of keep the train moving. So, um, yeah, that's fair. And, and the rock, the rock doing that and then eventually becoming the most famous person in Hollywood, that sort of made it okay for everybody else to want to do that too. Like that was in fast five. The rock was in there. Cool. I understand it by eight, by part eight, fucking Helen Mirren is in there. Like, <laughs> right. And an all time great actress yeah. who does very serious, very like unbelievable work and she's like i want to be in a movie where they fucking fight a submarine with cars right. and she just came and did it and yeah i think you're right the, the rock planting that flag means everybody else is now on the table true what's age the worst the water splash um so the dramatic buildup of diesel versus the rock has aged the worst for this reason it just we know that we've had a decade with this movie we know how we just know that that's part of the movie, but it's kind of lost its luster when they added the rock to the cast, how exciting that was. Now nobody would remember this, but in mm-hmm. 2010, it's like, what? The rock's going to be in fast five. Like there, there was like mm-hmm. a real electricity about it that has kind of faded away. Cause this movie has been on for eight years. Um, oh, what's age the worst for me is how was Dom so wired into the Rio straight racing scene? This was the movie where the leap of faith of Dom is just so connected in, in all these different cultures. But meanwhile, he was just this dude who lived in LA for you know the first three decades of his life. How did he know? How does he have all these Rio connections? He's hiding from the police in these favelas. So how does he? How does he know oh. like the big street racing thing? And how does he have all the connections? And how did that happen? No, I disagree. Okay. I disagree with you on this one because when fast when the Fast and Furious ends the first one, he's like I'm, you know, he's he's in the wind. He's going on the road. And then we find out through like the 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 back channeling of the other movies that he is like he's in South America already. He goes to Mexico first and then he's just sort of down there. And again, we're talking about Dominic Toretto who if you look at him, you fall in love. He becomes that figure okay. wherever he goes, it doesn't matter. He's right. in he's in Brazil for 2 weeks, he's running shit. Okay. This is yet again why he should have been in a prison movie. Absolutely. He could have been running a maximum security prison. Uh Hobbs might be the worst FBI DEA agent of all time. <laughs> you brought this up in Fast One, and and I just think we mm-hmm. we we don't have to go deep dive into it, but um, loses loses Diesel and the whole team in the favelas, which is almost impossible. He's sneak attacking them, and he's got you know AR-15s, and um, somehow loses them anyway. Can't figure out where their warehouse is forever. Um, Finally gets them. Oh, goes to the street racing thing, lets them go and does the I'll see you soon thing. Finally goes to the warehouse and arrests them and then gets ambushed and loses his entire team. Then decides to join the Vin Diesel and the crew in their heist because for revenge against the drug dealer, it didn't even totally make sense. And then strikes the deal with Dom. I'll give you 24 hours. The money stays here, not realizing that the safe had been switched. And then is laughing at the end, like, wow, that guy got me. It's like, everyone on your team's dead. <laughs> Everyone's on your team's dead. You just let the guy go and you lost all the money. What what are you good at? So yeah, Hobbs. Yeah, he he's got he's got a tough two weeks ahead of him when he gets back to America going house to house 
explaining to all of the families <laughs> that he led his team his 20, into his, an ambush. His 20 members are now dead. And, what, and what's worse about this is like all of those people, the last thing they remember of Hobbes is getting beat up by the guy he's trying to chase just in front of everybody. <laughs> well, and then... It was, a, it was a tough stretch. How about this? Go to the warehouse. Dom just escaped with all the money at the end of the movie. You know where the warehouse is. You've been there. You have fought with Dom there like two days before. Go to the warehouse. That's where they took the vault. Where else do you think they were going to take it? Hobbs. And get, the, there's get your a, shit together. There's, a, there's, there's an implication there at the end of the movie when they do like the the end of credits scene and they they reveal that Letty's alive. Yeah. And so he clearly didn't catch Dom after those 24 hours. He gave him a 24 hour head start yeah. and then started trying to chase him again. And then the next time we see him, he fucking has no idea where Dominic is. He's like, I, I, that was a mistake. I should not have given him that window. He's yeah. He's filing, he's filing the report to his boss and he's like, uh, uh, how many people on your team died during this? 30. <laughs> um, how, how many million dollars, how many millions of dollars of damage were caused to downtown Rio? Uh, $38 million. Um, did you lose, <laughs> did you lose the money from the safe? Yes. Where, where are the criminals that you're trying to catch? They're gone. I don't know. It's like, great. You've been promoted. Uh, all right. So that's age badly. And it, I'm going to say it lags for like four minutes during the oceans 11 part. I, I would, there's a way to tighten it where it's just like, th- there's one stretch where it's like, all right, give me some sort of something. Uh, and then finally, where do you stand on Elena? I'm pro Elena. You're pro Elena. Give me the case I'm, for her. I'm pro Elena. I'm pro Elena. We need we need that blood in there. We need the we need the young cop with the with the haunted past who wants to do the right thing, and then we want to see her become like part of the crew as well. She's like a she's a she's a smaller version of of Brian O'Connor. I think physically, I think she looks like she might be like five one. That was the toughest thing for me because I think they had to cast somebody Vin, short because I'm, I'm I think Vin Diesel is secretly short, so they had to have somebody that yeah, he Vin, would tower Vin over. Vin Diesel's like five foot three. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, what stage is the worst for you? Would you add anybody else? No, I think uh, I think this is going to be the first time in the history of the rewatchables that I am that I'm not picking a thing for what age is the worst because I love every single part of this movie. And there's just no, and like everything has a purpose. If we, even if we talk about the logistics of them falling off of the cliff and splashing into the water and not getting hurt, that's the moment that we know, okay, these, these people are becoming almost superheroes because yeah. we, in the B, like in the first movie, they're just sort of fist fighting and that's it. And then by the seventh one, a building is, or a, a parking complex is crashing down on Dominic Toretto <laughs> on his head. And he just walks away from it. Like we needed that moment to establish, okay, there's nothing that can happen here. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. There are no parts of this movie that aged poorly. I'm going to say Hobbs's performance as whatever his job was, has aged the worst. Cause he is abominable <laughs> as much as we love Hobbs. <laughs> Casting what ifs, I only have one. According to Vin Diesel, the role of Hobbs was originally developed for Tommy Lee Jones. Nope. On his Facebook page, Diesel noted a fan who had a desire to see Vin Diesel and The Rock in a film together. And then him, Vin Diesel and Justin Lin redesigned the role for The Rock. So there you go. Um, the, Dion Wa- the Dion Waiters Award for Biggest Heat Check 
in this movie? Who would you give it to? Oh, you know who it is? It's the guy in the police department that Roman Pierce goes in to try to talk to when he wants to put the box in the vault. Yeah. That, it's that guy. It's that guy. And he just starts, you could tell he just learned how to be an actor. <laughs> They maybe pick somebody and they were like, oh, hey, we need a guy. Do, just say these lines. Because he just starts screaming out of nowhere. He was really going for it. He was going for an Oscar. It's got to be that guy. I don't even know what his name is. I was going to give that guy the Saul Rubinick uh, overacting award. Okay, that's fair then. Um, so Eva Mendez, she was in Fast 2, which I know you love. Wait, what, what is Fast 2? You, you have that not ranked as the lowest of the franchise, right? No, absolutely not. What's your what's your what's your lowest ranking one on the franchise? The lowest ranking Fast and the Furious movie is the one that has not Dominic Toretto and not Brian O'Connor and not any of the other people that we know from the series in it. It's Tokyo Drift. It's a good movie, sure. It's fun, I guess. But it doesn't but have it doesn't have the family in it. It doesn't have that part of yeah, yeah, you need that part. So Eva Mendez is in the closing credits. She comes in out of nowhere. And I remember in the theater, like just when they showed Letty, it was like an audible gasp. It really was. It was like, people like, oh, Uh, but she's in there for like a minute. She flirts with the rock. She leans over the desk and then just drops a bomb. And I don't know if, if it's an NBA box score, she plays two minutes and she gets off like three threes and grabs five rebounds. It's a great job by her. I would, uh, I would give it to her or, the other one is is I think Vince is a Deion Waiters category uh, candidate here, right? He's only in like four scenes. Has the great monologue. Yeah, he's 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 a definite. I mean, if we can include Vince, then it's got to be Vince. All right, let's give it because to Vince. because he does he does he does the Letty line. One of the first things he says when he gets in that argument is he reminds everybody that Brian was a cop. He never listened to me. Not when I told you he was a cop. Not now. You never trust me. And look where it's gotten us. Look at our family now. I can't go home. Your sister's stuck in this life. Like he's still holding on to that. He was really swinging. I like Vince a lot. Half-Ass Internet Research. The first trailer for Fast Five was released on Diesel's Facebook page on December 2010 in what's believed to be the first ever use of this marketing approach. At the time, he had 20 million subscribers. And then the other people in the cast all did it on their Facebook pages. And there was this groundswell from that moment on for this movie. Very smart. And uh, laid the groundwork, basically, for how people would start marketing movies this decade. So good job by them. Um, The production originally intended to film on location in Rio de Janeiro. Puerto Rico came in, offered tax incentives totaling nearly 11 million. So they filmed mostly in Puerto Rico. Did you know this? Did I ruin it for you? No, I didn't. I didn't know this. I, I don't care where they filmed it. You okay. tell me they filmed it in Philadelphia. It's <laughs> fine. I have a question though. I hear. I hear the thing about the uh, cities offering tax incentives all the time. Yeah. What does that mean? I have no idea what that means. I think it means basically uh, you just save money in the budget if you film there. So it, it's, <laughs> okay. you, so you save eleven million dollars basically. Um, I like a. I like when I ask a person what they what a thing means. And if they start with, I think basically I already know that they don't know what to <laughs> talk about. talking out of my ass. <laughs> uh, so they contributed 27 million to the Puerto Rican community. So good job by the Puerto Rico government. They made some money on that one. Uh, the roof tape, the rooftop chase across the favelas was filmed in Puerto Rico. 
420-foot cable camera rig was used to allow for a fast-moving bird's-eye view of the action. Cameras on cranes set up on roofs and alleyways. That's an amazing scene. I would watch a documentary of how they filmed that scene. For the bank vault chase, they used a series of camera cars, including crane-mounted cameras on a Porsche Cayenne and a Subaru Impreza with a steel cage built around it that allowed for tracking shots. Um, The Subaru's driver occasionally collided with the vault a couple times, which is why there were sparks. When you see the the vault, there's sparks as it's being dragged along. Um, I I have a revelation for you. The bank vault had a car inside it. What? So yeah, they had a car inside. Wait, wait. It. There, there, there was an act. There was an actual vault. It wasn't all CGI. No, it was a it, real vault. That it was a real vault. He didn't want to use CGI. Holy shit! So That's they had incredible. a real thing, and they had a they had a, a mock up that fit around a truck that could be driven inside the vault to give the illusion that the cars were pulling it. They built six versions of the eight foot high vault, and over two hundred vehicles were destroyed by the vault during the filming. So there you go. Um, Tyrese was committed to Transformers Dark of the Moon at the time they decided to make Fast Five. So he flew between Puerto Rico and Atlanta to do both films at the same time. Tyrese, like the Deion Sanders of our lifetime. Um, Thank God. The brawl scene? Do you like Tyrese? Do you like Tyrese in these movies? He gets a bad rap from a lot of people. I love him. I think he's perfect. Oh, those people are assholes. They can go okay, fuck good. right off. Okay, good. Tyrese is the best. <laughs> uh, the brawl scene between The Rock and uh, and Dom required several weeks of rehearsal and more than a week of filming by the actors and their spunt d- doubles who incurred several minor injuries. That was according to the half-assed research. Um, I mentioned how Justin Lin wanted the cars to be carried on the train and the train scene to jump out of the train at full speed. So that actually happened. Um, they used a 1972 D Tommaso Pantera, a 2007 Chevrolet Corvette GS Roadster, and a Ford GT40. Um, they did not use a genuine Ford GT40, which cost a few million bucks. They used a replica. The stunt involving the flatbed truck slamming into the moving train. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. No CGI. That was real. That was real. The collision nearly derailed the train, as you can clearly see in the scene. They actually almost fucked it up, and it almost derailed the train. We have to, uh, yeah. from like here going forward, we have to figure out, we have to find out on the internet whenever Justin Lin's birthday is, and we have to just pray toward whatever city he lives in every birthday of his. Well, he's back. He's, that's un- he's back for Fast 9. Oh, I know. Yeah. I 100% know, but... This is unbelievable. Like all of this information, I thought all of this stuff was was CGI, but to find out they were doing it in real life, like Mad Max style, but with Fast and the Furious, fucking unreal. Shout out Justin Lin forever. Forever. <laughs> Gal Gadot's character's name, Giselle, never mentioned in the film, not once. Now, I don't no, know if they mentioned not, it. In, had- did they mention it in Fast 4? Maybe they did. I don't know. Um, Who knows? This one amazed, this is the last one. This one amazed me. Michelle Rodriguez, as they were filming Fast 6, did an interview and she said she didn't know about the twist ending to Fast 5 with her in it Mm -hmm. until she was in the movie theater watching the movie and saw herself and realized that she was back. How excited do you think she was? That must have been like, ka-ching! She she was almost as excited as I was when I saw that. 
Michelle Rodriguez as Letty is responsible for like two of the best six fights in the whole <laughs> franchise. She's responsible True. for the three for like the three best driving scenes yeah. or like stunts. She's unreal in every aspect. Bringing her back was a genius part. It might it might prove to be more powerful than when they brought the rock on. Like long term, I think that might be the that might be the case. It was She's great. Perfect in every way in this movie. Love her. All right. App Apex Mountain. Vin Diesel. I'm actually going to say yes. I think this was Vin Diesel's Apex Mountain. I think this is his best start to finish performance in a fast movie. Um, I think he's mm-hmm. one of the biggest stars of the world at this point. He has a foil to go toe to toe with. Um, I enjoy his performance the most. And the movie, this was when it became a kajillion dollar franchise. So I'm going to say yes for him. What do you think? Yeah, I'm voting yes for you for all of those same those same reasons. This was the moment that you knew. Paul Walker, I'm not sure because you could argue to like the 2000 range when he hit pretty big with Fast One, but then also, uh, I now you know what Fast Five. This had to have been. This is when he's, you know, this is the buddy cop movie for crossed with heists and he just knows he's going to be in this for as long as he's alive, which is unfortunately not that long, but um, I, I would say fast five for him too, to say the, the best version of the best franchise he was ever in the rock. I think, I think I'm not going with this one for, for his peak. Oh no. You know what? I'm, I'm lying. Yeah, you're right. You're what, right. What about the rock? Pick a, I, no, not the rock, not the rock. So what is the rocks apex mountain? The Rock's Apex Mountain is as uh, right before he did, right before he did Skyscraper and Rampage. Before those movies came out, that was the the apex of the Rock. So mid two thousand. Because we, yeah, we thought we thought they were going that he was going to be. We thought those movies were going to be good. We thought there's no way The Rock can make a bad movie. There's certainly no way The Rock can make a bad movie where he's fighting gigantic animal monsters and he's trapped in a building. And he's doing like a bigger version of Die Hard. And they ended up not being that great. But the lead up to it, the lead up to that summer, that was when he was just everywhere and undeniable. So like 2016, he does Central Intelligence and Moana. He's got Fast 8 coming. And people are talking about how he should run for president. And he's got the biggest social media presence of any celebrity. Yeah, I would say that's bigger. Um, How about Cocoa Butter? Would you say this was Apex Mountain for Cocoa Butter? Because he's got 10 pounds of it on his arms in this movie. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a good a good movie for Cocoa Butter. He just is butter, that what he buttered puts it on? Up. Who knows? He just buttered up. Uh, I don't think Apex Mountain really for anybody else. I think that would be I wonder whose I wonder whose idea it was. Because this is a great pull by this person. This is like a, maybe the second best idea behind the pulling the bank vault. I wonder whose idea it was. When they were filming this movie, they were like, you know what we should do? Fucking make the rock sweaty in every scene. <laughs> every scene, he's just sweat on his forehead. He's so intense. Yeah. And I don't know why he's sweating at night, but I guess go it's for it. It's because he was working out 24 hours a day. Um, <laughs> okay. The Joey Pants Award goes to the guy who plays the uh, billionaire drug dealer, Joaquim Delameda. He's one of those guys. He's been in a lot of stuff. You don't really know where he's yeah, from, he's- but he's been in a lot of stuff. As soon as he's the bad guy in Desperado, that's how I knew him. And when I knew he showed him. Up, I was like, "Oh shit, Bucho's back!" Yeah, I knew him from that. I knew him. He was in Twenty Four. 
He's a bad guy in 24 during when 24 was actually really good. One of those seasons. Mm-hmm. Great uh, bad guy face. So we're bringing this category back just for this movie. Uh, who would have been the best addition in this movie? Danny Trejo, Steve Buscemi, Michael K. Williams. I mean, I, I, I don't even think we need to really answer this, but I thought uh, it, it's clearly Trejo should have been in this movie. I don't, kind of don't know how he wasn't in this movie. It's upsetting. I, I disagree. I disagree. Who, I think you need Danny Trey. Danny Trey was a little too gruff. A little too gruff for this movie. We need for we need somebody slick. I think we need Michael K. Williams here. We need somebody who is like he could have been the bad guy. He could have been a bad guy's henchman because like the main bad guy muscle that we see, the guy who's left standing in the street after the big oh, shootout. I didn't love that guy. To, yeah, that guy was kind no, of no, no. I didn't. I didn't love him. Replace him with Michael K. Williams. And now we've got some. Oh, now, so now, now it's like, it's basically Omar. Fire. Omar's in that role. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh, picking nits. So Jordana Brewster, she's pregnant in this movie. She's gained zero pounds. Um, I, I was loving mm-hmm. in, in Hollywood when they gained, how, how long? The lady, of course, knows. Just watches her yeah. eat for three minutes. How long does your husband know yet? And, uh, and meanwhile, she's been pregnant three months and is in just perfect shape. I love when movies do that. Um, mm-hmm. Another picky nits. When you call, when you're getting the team together, like if I call you and I'm like, actually, you're a bad example because we, we could call you and be like, we need you in LA. And you'd be like, I'll be there. I'll, be, I'll see you at six o'clock. <laughs> we have had that exact yeah, we, You actually have. You actually, <laughs> you're probably a bad example. But if I called you and I said, I need you in Brazil and I can't tell you why, but I need you there in 48 hours, isn't, at some point, aren't you going to be like, what is this about? Why do you need me? What do I bring? What clothes should I bring with me? Do you, <laughs> what do I bring? Should I bring? Do I need to, how much cash do I need? Do I need to, are we staying for two weeks? Like everybody's just like, snap your fingers. They're there. Okay. Why am I here? I never understand why they do it that way. Mm-hmm. But I thought it made me think like, uh, so the team shows up at the warehouse they're all kind of introducing yourself, talking, talking, um, talking. I'm this person. I'm that person. Feeling each other out, and then Vin Diesel comes in and does the classic action movie line. I see you all met. And I was thinking that there's certain lines that can only be said in an action movie, and I think I see you've all met is one of them. Here's a couple others. Don't worry about it. You're gonna want to see this. We're going to need a team. And I heard about you. All four of those lines are also said in this movie. It's like this action movie, <laughs> Mad Libs. <laughs> You're Shea Serrano. I've heard about you. We're going to need a team. Um, all right. So there. that's that's uh, another picky net. The train heist is ludicrous. I love it, though. It's it's just like it's yes. just, the, the train should have derailed and they should have died in the water jump. Other than that, it was realistic. So how did they get the Wi-Fi signal in the Brazilian warehouse? I can't even get a <laughs> Wi-Fi signal in, in my bathroom in the second floor of my house in Los Angeles. <laughs> so how did they get Wi-Fi there? Did we ever figure that out? We don't. They have a, they have a very strong Wi-Fi network in Puerto Rico slash Brazil. How does Dom's warehouse stay such a secret in Brazil? Nobody knows this warehouse, this giant warehouse is there with cars zooming in and out and fake, a fake bank 
vault being being wheeled in by a truck. Where are they? Where are they getting yeah. this stuff? Are they getting it from the Rio Home Depot? I, I've yeah, I like what I, that's like a, another cool little thing they do in these movies is they they just don't they were not going to explain it, so they do the whole oh I I I had a life before I met you. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, you're oh, fucking that. Got it. A safe salesman. Rock and Dom have one of the most brutal two minute fights anyone's ever had in a movie. No bruises or cuts afterwards. Not one. <laughs> not not a, one. Not, not even like a little shiner underneath somebody's eye. Nothing. Um, Hobbs decided to join them for the final heist. I love it. It's absolutely ludicrous. It's, it's, how, why? Because he wants revenge? What? That was, yeah, he killed the guy killed his whole team. You got to take him out. You need you need to. Do I don't you t- know. Do you tell your boss they, at that point and be like, "Hey, my whole team got wiped out. Um, I'm going to be back in two days, but at first I got to help out on this bank heist." So I'll, yeah, that was a big that yeah. that was a big one. Did you did you catch? I didn't catch it in the movie theater. Oh, let me ask you first. Yeah, when you watch this the first time, and they're doing the big fight, and they show the. Dom with the wrench and he smashes it down. Did you think that he had crushed the rock skull or did you know there's no way he did that? No, it was the rock. I never thought he hit the rock. They're not killing the rock. Okay. The, the rock's not signing up to a movie to die. The, <laughs> the second part is, uh, did you, uh, did you notice or, or pick up on how they were basically recreating the thing about Dom beating the guy to death? I mean, not yes. to death, but beating him into, with a wrench, the and wrench, like that becomes the thing that he does with the rock, but he pivots at the last minute. Like, that's cool, man. That's a good movie making. That's like a cool little thing. So I did not, I probably did not notice that the first time I saw it, but definitely after watching all of these movies a thousand times, you, you, it's undeniable this time around. Um, yeah. How did they swap the safes? They had a 10 second window. The, the second safe fast. comes out of the truck. They're unhinging stuff and hinging stuff back up. I just, I, I needed a little more. I needed a wide, wide camera shot of just how they did that. It seemed, seemed pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Um, all right, best quote. It's got to be. I'll see you soon, Toretto. Right, Toretto. I'll see you soon. All right, you won't. Is there a better quote? No, probably not. I like I like Brian's smiling after Dom gives a whole we need two precision drivers. Yeah. Guys who don't crack. I I like him giving that little smirk and say, Yeah, you know we got that. Most importantly, we're gonna need two precision drivers. Guys that don't crack under pressure. Guys that never lose. You know we got that. Like that's great. That's a great Paul Walker moment. He's so handsome in this movie. He's, He's so likable. Great haircut. He just love oh that man. Guy. A perfect, perfect haircut. All the shouts to Paul Walker. Uh, there's also a quote in here. I'll I'll just won't even give you the context where somebody says "running ain't freedom." Just want to want to throw that out there. Uh, all right. Yeah. Could this be remade as a ten episode Netflix show? No. Don't mess with this franchise no. in any way. We will kill you. No chance. Um, probably unanswerable questions. What happened to the other two Brazilian dudes? on the team who won money, who then went to uh, Monaco and we have no idea if they won on roulette or not. They just left us hanging. What happened? Did they win? Yeah. 
Did they lose all their no, money? I think they tried to they try to make it look like it's going into green, but I don't think it went into green. One of one of them ended up winning. They gave the other one their half back of the money, and and that was it. But what happened to those guys? Why weren't they invited back for Fast Six? We just got rid of them. What about Familia? What about my family? Now they show they show up later on. They, they do? show up later on in the in the yeah yeah they got like quick little thing. They don't become a substantial part of the team, but they pop back in. That's bullshit. I, I I don't know if Dom treated them correctly. Um, why not rob the first drug dealer and just be done with it? Because they have that first one where everybody's in their um in their underwear making drugs, and they come in, they they break, and that would have been like, I don't know what, ten million. How much would they have yeah, made that from that? Like, that looked like several million dollars. I mean, you figure they've got ten or eleven stash houses, and each house has somewhere around ten million dollars. Yeah, they they burned up ten million to get, I guess, to the big money later on. But yeah, maybe call it a wrap after that one. Maybe just Dom, Brian, and one other person. They just robbed that first stash house, and then they're off. Split the three million a piece. Yeah. Might have been a safer bet. Um. What would have happened at the end if the safe went over the bridge? And I wonder if they thought about it. Because it comes very close. If the safe goes mm-hmm. over the bridge, it pulls the car over the bridge with them and sinks to the bottom and that's it. But then again, yeah. there's nothing in the safe, so I guess it doesn't matter. Um, it c- could have been a good twist ending, though, where they think they just lost the money and the rock thinks the money's gone. Then they have to send the scuba divers to go get it, but then actually it's in another safe. Um, I got two more. Okay. Was there a bigger mistake in the history of movies than not spinning off Han and Giselle into their own movie that you can think of? That was tough. Han, Han is such a great character. I love Han. We, yeah, I, but I think he's a complimentary piece. I think he has to serve in that role. He's like a Clay Thompson type character, but, but where he can get hot and carry a scene or two. But I don't know if he could carry a team for a full season. You know, I think Han and Giselle could have been the Netflix show. Maybe there's still time. There, yeah. All right, here yeah, we maybe go. That way. Last unanswerable question. What do you score the fight if it's boxing? Dom versus Hobbs. What's your score? What's your what's your round? Is it 10-9 for Dob for uh Dom? Oh, it has to be 10-9. It might even be 10-8. We've got I mean, we've got a knockdown. He's basically knocked out at the end of the fight. He's just sort of laying there. He's not moving around anymore. He's not trying to get up. He's not doing the thing where he's like pretending like he still wants to fight. He has had enough. He has gotten beat up enough to know, I don't want this anymore. It might be a 10-8 fight. Well, you're not going to believe this, but I wrote down every sort of thing that happened in the fight. I, I did a, a I, copy, I, bo- I, copy box punch, punch numbers. Dom landed 11 punches. Hobbs landed five. Dom okay. landed four elbows. Hobbs landed three. Hobbs okay. landed five kicks. Dom only landed one. So more kicks there. Dom's never been a Dom's never been a kicker. Yeah, he's not, not really. Vin's not really athletic enough to pull the kicks off. Uh, Dom had seven takedowns or tackles. Hobbs only had five. Craig, the producer, is really enjoying that. Craig's really, really like just in awe of what's happening right now. Um, Hobbs missed a punch. Or had a punch blocked five times, Dom six times. Hobbs had one headbutt, Dom had two. Hobbs had an arm bar, no arm bars for Dom. Hobbs had the sleeper hold, which almost got Dom there. 
Uh, no sleeper hold for Dom. I think it was closer than we than we realized. I think the ending skews it. I, I have a 10-9. Mm, I don't know. I feel like if you get the guy, you have him in a rear naked choke and you also have him in an arm bar and you don't finish and then the fight ends with you almost dying, the guy choosing not to kill you, I, I can't give you nine points for that. I'm sorry. So supposedly... Statham, Statham in the Rock is a 10-9 fight. Dom in the Rock is a 10-8. So supposedly, there was a lot of negotiation for how this could go because The Rock did not want to have his ass kicked in the movie. And oh, I can't even ima- I can't even imagine how how long they argued about that. And I think that was one of the reasons this lasted for a week. And I actually think they spelled out exactly how much violence from each side was on there, so they made sure one guy didn't have too many of this. So if you actually lay it out, it was pretty even how they did it. But then the ending made it so that Dom, you know, I wonder if The Rock, even at the even at the eleventh hour, was like, "Hey, what if he's gonna hit the monkey wrench, but I stop him, and then people jump in?" Like, I wonder if, you know, he really does like lose the fight. He couldn't have. Yeah, been he loses the fight, and then and then Dom has to save him later on again. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it's a tough stretch for, for the right. He was definitely angling. He was definitely trying to come up with a different way to end that fight. I have to imagine that's his whole thing. He's like the un, the unbeatable guy. Well, I also had for unanswerable questions. How did they film the dumb rock scenes where that made that seem like they were almost the same height when the rock in reality is like eight inches taller? Like if you if you yeah. actually watch this movie carefully, there's a lot of carefully constructed. You never see. They're full bodies facing each other. It's always like there's something in the way or the camera's looking up or they they cheat all these different ways to make it seem like they're the same height, which I enjoy. There's only like one or two times during that fight. And so when they're right in front of the cars, it's like one of the clear times you notice it where the rock is coming down to get to get yeah. them. But yeah, all the rest of them is really, they did a really, really good job. You have no idea that they're, that they're that small. The same thing happened to me with with uh, Josh Brolin, yeah. who in my head has been like six six his whole life. And then in Sicario two, they do these like wide shots of him walking across a room, and like, oh shit, this guy's like five eight. He's just got a true? gigantic head. I thought I think, Josh oh, Brolin they have him was listed like six two. They have him listed as five ten, which means in real life he's five eight. No oh, man. Uh, who won the movie, Shay? Uh, the Rock. The Rock won this movie. Wow! Because the Rock took the Rock took this role and spun it into the career that he has now. That's what it. That's that's who he is now. That's the character he is now. He has all of these like great iconic lines. He has the whole some bitch thing. Yeah. He he's gotten like so he's probably gotten like the four or five best lines of each of the last few movies. It's the Rock. It's the Rock. He showed up, planted that flag, and really just became that fucking guy. Dom was already established and pulled off uh, from a credibility standpoint that we, we still feel like it's, it's a good thing to have him in the movie that he's competent. And meanwhile, he was the worst FBI agent of all time. The worst. Yeah. There's a, there's a part in the Hobbs and Shaw trailer when they're on the plane and he mentions like he saved the world four times or something. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, no, no, you Dominic saved the world. You didn't save the world. You fucking had to be rescued or you're going to die in the streets of Brazil like a dog right. if Dominic Toretto doesn't show up for you. After he kicked your ass. And, and, and then mm. in, uh, 
what was it, seven? He's got the broken arm the whole time. He's like barely in that movie. Settle down, Rock. But I do agree. I think he won this movie. I think uh, he invigorated the franchise. He pushed his whole career to a, a whole different level. And he's the best. He's the he's the one guy who my youngest son. He's six years old, but when he sees the Rock, he knows that he's like, oh, that's my favorite guy more than me. That's my favorite person, The Rock. I love him. Uh, I love The Rock. You're worthy number two. Uh, Shea Serrano, <laughs> this was a pleasure. This is one of the great movies that's ever that's ever existed. And you can watch it on Sling. Don't forget, sling.com slash rewatchables, 14-day free trial. You can watch this. You can even listen to the podcast that we have on there. Uh, Shay, it was an honor. It was a privilege. Uh, salute me, familia. <laughs> I knew it. All right, have a good one. <laughs> 